The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host with the most. I'm Lee Walker and I am joined with a special guest that you guys have not heard in a while. The radical one, the man of your dreams, the man to be seen. And if you don't see me, that means I'm doing more and you're doing less. Get used to it. It's the way it is. It's the way it's always going to be. And it's how it's, things should be. Like the stars in the sky, buddy, I'm always doing more and you're always going to do less. Not you, Lee, of course. I'm talking about the people out there in uh, Radio Land. Woo! How about that Monday Night Raw? Oh, on a scale from one to okay, I guess it was eh. <laughs> Well, we kick off Raw with new, that's right, new, and new, hashtag and new, WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Listen, I'm not very happy about this because as everyone knows, Seth Rollins is the freaking man. And Matt Riddle, the man walking around on what I would like to call some stovepipes for legs, stole that victory from him. He came in there and after all the work that KO... And Seth freaking Rollins put in there. He threw Seth Rollins out of the ring and laid down top. And then just one, two, three. Unacceptable. Yeah, we saw KO and Seth Rollins hit like all their finishing moves. And then just slithering in like a snake. Like he's Randy Orton, his tag team partner. Throw Seth out. As you said, one, two, three. Not to mention, you see Randy holding on to KO's leg as Riddle steals the victory. And it, it is a theft. It, it's grand theft because those titles were there. They, it makes me upset. It's visceral. It's palpable. It's in the air when that happened. And of course, Seth, now dazed, confused, whole time lost in emotion, lost in thought, because what should have been is taken away. It's like someone taking his puppy and curb stomping it in the ground in front of him. That's what those two snakes did. And they're not even real snakes, all right? They're little garter snakes posing as poisonous rattlesnakes, as ferocious beasts, all right? And at the end of it with Randy, oh, Riddle's my friend. You know, Randy, the only friend you have is Mary Jane, and even she's not going to help you really overcome the guilt that you have here. Because she's in the couch right now. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... There was a really cool spot, though, in that match. And it was, aside from... The finishing wasn't cool. I mean... The finish wasn't cool. No, the, the finish way, of the match was the not cool. stole that, yeah. Yeah, no, not cool. But you know what was cool? That RKO. Yeah, poor Gable. Gable goes for a moonsault, and instead is met with an RKO. Very, uh... Evan Bourne. Randy Orton RKO. Evan Bourne goes to do the shooting Almost star press. Almost thought you said Jason Bourne there, because Jesus Christ, I thought it was Jason Bourne. Yeah, yeah, right? It looked it. Yeah. Every ounce of it. And I'm going to say, I do love Chad Gable's uh, suplexes. Oh, beautiful thing to look at. Beautiful. I mean, and this the power he has. And I'm just waiting for Otis to do something phenomenal. Or, should I say, stupendous. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that WrestleMania stupendous thing, but... Uh, I, one thing I want from Otis is a, uh, how about a kickball? 
Give me something. Give me a little emotion, you know? Need, need, need to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Either way, Riddle and Orton, champions, going to Mania. Seth is lost in a sea of confusion. And KO is obviously doing Canadian things and has other alternative motives, you know? Like every other Canadian I know. So uh, I, this seemingly shakes up WrestleMania a little bit, but my the real question is, is Otis, why so serious? I think someone maybe took his bacon away. <sighs> you do that to a man, something snaps, something changes. And uh, I think what we need to do is get Otis away from Gable, get off some of that heavy training and back into some heavy, cal- heavy calories. All right, Otis, just once at WrestleMania, give me something. You know, make me feel like I did... A year and a half ago, when I was cheering you on, when you were chasing the peaches, when you were out there, you know, different colors, running the lucha circuit like a champion. And now, here you are, just like I heard earlier, you know, just like uh, the Street Profits were saying. You know, study up on those pyramid schemes, because Gable's taking your cash, bud. You heard him right. So, new Raw Tag Team Champions. Cool. Not cool. I'm going to leave it at that. We have a homecoming of Miz TV with Logan Paul, and it's his homecoming as well, and they bring out a homecoming for Jerry the King Lawler. And, man, was the crowd a letdown for this part or what? The crowd was popping for Miz, and so was I. And like we talked earlier, those shades were dynamite. I do like those red shades. I don't like the things on the side, though. Yeah, so if anyone can hear this or give us a shout-out to where to get those kind of shades be much appreciated because as dapper as we are we can always add an extra art of that dapper make it dapper <laughs> but either way i think i think the miz had a great pop for that really started off strong looking good and obviously they brought out logan paul you know you you can't put syrup on shit and call it a pancake and that's exactly what they tried to do it was just no one wanted him there yes he's from ohio yes he's all these other things. He's internet famous for being a douchebag. You know, douchebags have always found a way to be famous at some point or another. It, no one really popped. I didn't feel the crowd behind him. Obviously, The Miz was all about him because, you know, The Miz has taste in his tongue every once in a while. Sometimes he gets lucky outside of that, but I think today was a loss for him. I'm just going to say this. Instead of Logan Paul, why not WWE Hall of Famer Drew Carey? He's another Ohio man. He is, and uh, he's a big Ohio man. Loves Ohio. Drew Carey show big into Ohio. I mean, Cleveland rocks, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's like WWE. They're going to go for the newer talent, not the older talent. Try to bring the new kids. And, obviously, Logan Paul has a lot of sway, a lot of pull of the young kids because young kids are stupid. <laughs> All right? It's, they do stupid things. I was a kid. I did stupid things. You know? This is true. Yeah. I wore rollerblades one time in my life. All right? I did stupid things. <laughs> and here you go. Logan Paul... Young kids see a stupid guy doing stupid things. They're like, oh, that seems cool. I'm going to do what he does. Because he talked in the language the little kids wanted to hear. But either way, we get Logan Paul out there. He's wearing a horrible thing. He takes a, takes a swig out of his bottle gives it to a kid. That kid's day is probably making a sell it on eBay for probably a couple thousand dollars. You know? Yeah. Helping the economy out. Yeah. But whatever. They're praising their hometown, talking big things. Great. You know, awesome. You should always... Be thankful of where you came from, especially when you're later on in life. You realize that's who made me who I am, you know. Unless you're someone else, and then you don't want to think about where you came from, you know. Like anyone from Canada, I don't know why I would ever admit I'm from Canada. 
but whatever. It happens. It does, unfortunately. And some some people just need to say, I'm not from Canada anymore, and walk away. Get a fake passport, a green card, whatever. Become an American citizen. All right? Because Canada is just like the hat on top of a great party. It's not awesome. You got maple syrup and, what, the Wonder Bra. Good job. I mean, they did have Jerry Lawler there. That was like the cream of the crop for me. No, yeah. No. Uh, the King came out. Uh, what about the attire? Uh, yeah, dude. So this is where I have a little downfall because why are you in literally sweatpants? And a jersey, and you're not even wearing the crown. There's no cape. There's no cloak. There's no pomp. I mean, the crowd was into it. They were respectful. They were bowing to the king like they should. But the king just, uh, you know, there's that, that old fable of the king walking around naked and everyone's... That would have been better. Honestly. Because this was atrocious. The, the color scheme was wrong, too. He's wearing a Browns jersey, so... Yes, you're from Cleveland. Support your team. I get it. But you don't need to wear one in public. We get that. that that's fine. But this is the overall... Look, I mean, I thought he just... It looked like your uncle just got off the couch after a long weekend watching football and was coming to the kitchen to take a piss. <laughs> You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, I thought the segment was, was a miss, especially like the crowd did not feel Logan Paul at all. Um, even at the end when like the Miz kind of wasn't having it and was like leave and Logan had that look on his face like, well, I, I like this hometown. Because at that point... It was, it was aware that Miz was You know like, what, no. I'm going to say that I was trying to be nice about Cleveland, but the Miz was right. You can't hold a major event in Cleveland. Anyone who made any success in Cleveland left. The King spouted about Cleveland, but where's he known for? Memphis. All right? Logan Paul wasn't living in Cleveland his whole life. The Miz left. Everyone that goes in Cleveland gets to taste success, they leave. Why would you want to stay in Cleveland? That's where, if you the world had an enema, you'd put the nozzle. Cleveland. All right? There's no reason to stay. Miz made a great point. He was being honest and he was being real. And it'd be more of an insult to lie to everyone there and say, yeah, we could hold WrestleMania here. Just going to have to get out there and fire up the generators and get our field going so we can have a WrestleMania on the cornfields. I've driven through <laughs> Ohio. It's not a great place to stay. It's a great place to drive through and get your corn. All right? The Miz was right. The crowd should have realized it. It's okay that you live in a shitty state. It's fine. Okay? You've got enough corn there. Make some fuel. Put it in your car and drive away. Or better yet, give us some so we can make some whiskey. That's right. Speaking of whiskey, you got all these old bottles here sent in from all your fans across the nation. We've got <laughs> bottles of stuff that's from the 60s, from the 70s. You should see the amount of alcohol that is sitting to my left right now. Uh, it's just... They're unopened bottles, by the way. Well, soon to be open. But yeah. obviously, some of this stuff is you know, its pretty high shelf. No one's giving you... The people that listen to this podcast are obviously people with class, with taste, with respect. You know, they understand what a connoisseur you are. And it's it's appreciated. I'm glad I could be on the show to talk to these things with you. And, you know, to see the gifts that they send you. This is amazing stuff. <laughs> I mean, this whiskey, just, just looking at the bottle, you can smell, you know, the pomp on it. You can smell that there is a lot of drive and success put into this bottle. Well, I'm glad you're here because I'm not going to be able to drink it all. Hey, that's what friends are for. Uh, I love it. Uh, you know, we had the next match, which was uh, a tag team match. We have uh, Tommaso Ciampa from uh, NXT being joined by Braun Steinbreaker. I'm sorry if it barks like a Steiner, looks like a Steiner, wrestles like a Steiner. It's a Steiner. It's Braun Steiner. 
the NXT World Champion, defeating the Dirty Dogs. The Dirty Dogs. This sounds like a, a trivia nickname you make up in a bar. Yeah, right? You know? But I like the match. I liked it a lot. That, that right there, that was probably the best match on the card for me. Watching these guys go at it, the physicality, the movement, the action, the pacing, all of it was great. You know, and I got to give it to, to Dolph Lundgren. I'm sorry, not Dolph Lundgren. Uh, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler out there. He looked like an 80s action star to me. Oh, yeah. With these three guys going at it, Tommaso Chop, they all have their unique, you know, looks. Besides, you know, Rude, he's just, you know, he's the typical guy in the background to make everyone else look good, I guess, because he didn't shine to me. But the other three, beautiful, perfect. Yeah. You know, and just watching Breaker get in there and just do his work, or Steiner, I'm sorry, do his work was <laughs> impressive. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen tomorrow on NXT. I mean, Chomp was there. They seemed like they were good buddies, but tomorrow's a different story. And, and Ziggler did get on the microphone after and was like, congratulations, you beat us, but what happens tomorrow? No, Ziggler's always been good at those mind games. By the way, didn't he look a little bit kind of like Mel Gibson Bravehardish there at the end? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. We need to see him paint his face. Someone like some Photoshop Braille. make that happen because yeah. it looked like he was definitely you know channeling some of those vibes with that whole look he had going on. But Breaker had some amazing power moves in there. Like oh he was showing God. off big time. Oh yeah, it was just crazy how like when he had Rude up there and just holding him in the air for what seemed like five minutes. Obviously, it was a little shorter, but. It's just like, this guy, it's dangerous in the ring. He's like a real Steiner, you know? Just yeah. power. Straight power. And, and they're pushing him like crazy. He's already the NXT champion. And now he's, you know, debuting in wrestling on Raw. The only thing I do want to say, I mean, they're pushing him no matter what, even though I'm going to say this. The last time an NXT champion did appear on Monday Night Raw. They changed his gimmick three times, and he was released within two months of debuting on Raw. So let's not let that sink in the back of our heads, folks. Yeah, let's let's not break this pinata open just yet because it's just fun watching it swing around. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the the next the next match, I I really wasn't paying attention for, and it's my own fault. Uh, the women's tag match, Rhea Ripley with Liv Morgan taking on the tag team champs of uh, Carmella and Selena Vega. Queen Selena Vega. I'm sorry, the queen. She's in the title. Yes. I, I mean, I obviously missed the memo where it wasn't for the titles because when the match ended, I was like, oh, we have new tag team champs. And then clearly you informed me that I was wrong. Well, the whole stipulation of the match was if Rhea and Liv win, they get a shot at the belts at WrestleMania, making the original championship match a three-way, which happens a lot in WrestleMania because they just have these stipulations, I guess. Rhea and Liv looked great. The music was awesome coming in, too. Liv really threw us for a loop. I don't know if it's new music or not. I wasn't sure. First time I paid attention. Yeah, it it sounded new to me because I always remember the opening... And if you and I remember, well, like when we, as we just watched it, who was it? We were like, we uh, thought Alexa Bliss, Bliss was coming. Yeah. I was super close to like her, her music, and I was just like, wait a second. And then it hit, and then all of a sudden, Rhea's music hits, and I was like, okay, everything's all right with the world. The match itself, I thought, was solid. Rhea looked like a monster. I mean, she was oh, holding yeah. Zelina up there. She boots Carmella. Carmella with that 
that BDSM mask on, which obviously she left on from when she was hanging out with Corey earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, and she needs to get her act together, man. She's spending too much time flirting with her boy, leaving Zelina, Queen Zelina hanging, which happened in this match. And, I, you know, it's, it's not the mark of a champion. If Carmella wants to keep that gold, keep that accessory hanging around her waist, she's going to have to really focus. Yeah, she really, really needs to stay away from the commentary team, especially with that mask on, asking what the password is, Daddy. Yeah, and it's, with Corey, you never know. I'm thinking something like, you know, say pineapple backwards, which it's I've never said pineapple backwards. Pineapple. I'm not even going to try it because I'm going to mess it up pretty bad. I think there's a nipple in there somewhere. But <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Corey thinks there is too. But there was definitely, like, Zelina was doing work. And Carmelo, she was, when she was there and focused, Spot on. They were great teamwork, everything else. They were even able to hold Rhea off. Liv was, you know, there were some good spots. But then Carmella got too caught up with Corey. They're talking to flirting. Corey, for his own thing, he's not helping. No. He is not helping and left Zelina hanging, and she fought off as best she could. But obviously, two-on-one situation, she's not going to be able to handle it. Boom, in for the pin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, this is not the only, like, little romantic-esque storyline apparently we got going on because WWE's got a lot of kissing and telling going on between Dana Brooke and... Valentine's Day wasn't too long ago. And you know, I, I get, you know, Dana Brooke, that's it, whatever. She's really... But it's Tamina and Tazawa. That right there is really striking a chord, I think. That is love because, you know what, there's hesitation. There's a little bit of anger. There's some reluctance. That's love. That's not just that straight passion some of these wrestlers because they're in the heat of the moment. Tazawa's ready for her. He's ready to just take a beating. He's willing to help her out with whatever he needs to. And Tamina is withheld because you obviously know well, a woman of that stature, strength, uh, lineage, and beauty. Tazawa's bloodline. Bloodline. T- Tazawa might be in, his over, in over his head. Um, I mean, he's, let's, be, let's face it. <sighs> He's got the kind of face that would make a freight train take the dirt road, all right? He's uh, he's a great athlete, but, I mean, Tamina is definitely a couple steps higher physically, literally and figuratively. But she sees something in there, and so do I. And I think that's what love is. Love is looking past all the outer exterior and really looking the inside. And I think Tazawa can see in the inside. She's not just a wrestler. She's not just someone with a great bloodline. She is pure, and she is what the missing part of his heart is. And vice versa. That's my own. I'm a romantic. I read a lot of Tennyson growing up. All right, so that's for me. But what are your thoughts on the, the romantic stuff going on right now with the mixed tags? I mean, because I know like the the personal stories of these wrestlers. Like Dana Brooke is like engaged or married, and in one of the segments a couple weeks ago, she, her wedding ring was on or engagement ring, one of the two. Uh, Actually, she's the only one that I know of, like, her personal life stuff. But uh, the rest of it, I just kind of sit here and I'm like, the characters don't, like, add up to me. Like, and, 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 but it makes it, it makes the storytelling. It makes it for what it is. And that's the thing. You look at the characters, and this is where society has told us who we should love or how we should love. Yeah. I mean, this is where I hate people, you know, like Lady Gaga, all oh, my monsters, and love anyone, but then she always dates hot guys. Come on. You know, if you're going to live your truth, live your truth. Don't tell everyone else that you got to love someone for who they are on the inside and then like, date someone on the outside. 
But someone like Tamina, someone like Tazawa, that's love. That's going to last. When that fire gets lit, it'll burn down the WWE. And, you know, like you said, Dana Brooke, she's obviously got a husband on the outside. Does he watch Raw? I don't know. Is she playing a deadly game here? Maybe. Maybe she's just in a position where she's going to do whatever the hell she wants and the guys around her are going to have to deal with it. She's a storm. She's a predator posed as a house beast. Or house pet, I should say. Well, I did say this while we were watching Raw. I do appreciate that WWE has finally given Dana Brooks something to work with and has a championship belt finally. Although I did tweet at her from Perch Top Rope on Twitter... And Mattel, by the way, I did tweet at Mattel in this tweet, and Dana Brooke did like it. I want to know when we're getting a WWE Elite Dana Brooke action figure, because she's been in the company for a rather long time, and I think she only has, like, a basic WWE figure from Mattel. It's time she gets an Elite. Stop playing games with us, Mattel. Give us the Elite. Collectors want it. There you hear it from a man who knows his craft. All right. As we sit at the WWF Hasbro bar. With thousands of wrestlers behind me. Rings galore. Lights flashing. This is just nostalgia in plastic and sweat and love. If you want to see the bar slash studio that we are sitting at, you can go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. The title is called Era in Your House. This is a perfect title. Perfect title. I love it. And if you want to see my OnlyFans, you're going to have to pay $50 for one picture. And it's at the Radical Russ OnlyFans, obviously. And you're going to have to provide a credit card and photo ID before I send you anything. Because I don't want you slugs looking at me. I only want the top tier. The sun only shines on the flowers and vice versa. All right, so on to our next match. So we have Omos, the Giants Omos. Walking out, so they're doing a little promo. Obviously, he's about 20 feet tall because the camera has to crane his neck up to look at him. Yeah, it's like looking at Godzilla. Which, you know, hey, tall guy, that's awesome. You know, big guy. Um, I do want to know why almost is always squinting. Does he think he's like a tall Clint Eastwood? He's always just squinting all the time. Are the lights really bright? Maybe he's hypersensitive to the lights. I don't know. I mean, like, he is t- closer to the lights than we <laughs> you're are. You're exactly right. He's a lot closer <laughs> to the lights. Um, but he goes out there to be Apollo Crews. And I say beat because... Unfortunately, Apollo Crews has not lived up to my expectations. A former WWE United States champion, a former Intercontinental champion, he's, to me, lived beyond the expectations that WWE has given us with him. However, it wasn't the beating that he took that really shocked me. It was when uh, we saw Omos and Commander Aziz come face-to-face. Yeah, that was interesting. And like I said... What, where's the hate there? Is it because they're both tall? I know they're tall people. I'm 6'4". I'm worth the climb. These guys, you know, I don't hear their guys are my size. Although there are guys that are taller than me, I don't like it. I think when you reach a certain height, there's a hate there. You know, just... It, if, you, if you're over 5'9", I hate you, so... Well, I, I know where I stand now. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it, it just, it didn't... You know, Omos was talking like he's next, and okay, Commander Aziz is next. Aziz didn't do anything that whole match. Apollo is putting his all in there, and again, Apollo was a hell of an athlete. I think the guy would be, if he was a baseball player, he'd be the card to have because every kid would want to be Apollo Crews when they grow up. 
like Ken Griffey Jr. is what he reminds me. When I was little, Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite baseball player. Mm-hmm. Loved him. I grew up in New York. I should be a Yankees or Mets fan. Not Marlins. Because Ken Griffey Jr. was my guy. Because he just seemed like a great player, all-around guy. Someone you really wanted to be like. And that's what Apollo Crews says to me. When he first started and everything else... He's, I just see him as the guy, like, I want this guy to be the guy. Because he seems like a guy who can really hold the responsibility, be responsible, be honest. You know, not tell, you know, all the people they want to hear. But he just keeps getting in these situations with people like Commander Aziz or Tyson O'Neill Or Tyson Worldwide or whatever. Titus Worldwide, I'm sorry. <laughs> that just doesn't help him out. Because I think that the people around him, like anyone else, you know, they, when the sun shines brightly they got to put the shades on. They don't want it to shine any brighter than they do. And that's what's happened with Apollo. Is he's just keep getting put in these situations because they don't want him to shine any brighter than he already is. So he's put up against almost. And then his commanders are standing out there watching. I'm not going to lie. The only thing after you talked about with Ken Griffey Jr. that I focused on was Ken Griffey Jr. And all I pictured was N64, the Ken Griffey Jr. game, and you 100% had it. I I know this for a fact, and I'm picturing you on a Saturday after wrestling, sitting there playing that damn game because you brought up Ken Griffey Jr., and I don't know why I just got asphyxiated with Ken Griffey Jr. Because that's what Apollo reminds me of. It's a wholesome hero. Okay. I, I can see it in him. He's not there because, again, he's in a situation where everyone around him is not letting him have the chance to be the guy he was. He's had the belts. He's, he's been that point, and then obviously... I don't blame him for I think he's putting in the work and the time. I think something else, somewhere in the background, is holding him back. That's why they're sending almost out there. That's why they're putting him in situations where he doesn't have the chance to really be who he needs to be. And, again, Commander Aziz doing nothing. I don't even think I see him, saw him clap for Apollo out there. He looked more concerned. And the, the, the facial expressions that he was making, especially when they were standing face-to-face, he was standing face-to-face with Omos, I'm confused with what the under lip quivering thing was. And like, he was kind of almost had like this frown, like he was Curtis, Mr. Curtis Hughes for a moment there. But then like, you thought he was going to do something, but like, it really looked like, um, a Godzilla versus King Kong. But then when they got face to face, I was like, okay, Omos is like the big bulldog. And, uh, commander Aziz is like, the little chihuahua, like the the most scared little dog. Yeah. You know, that that's what I saw at that point when, when he started making those facial expressions. Because it confused me. Yeah. Like if like I know you try they they're trying to build up Omas, right? That's cool. But like you also have Commander Aziz who's a big tall guy. Give us the King Kong Godzilla match, get it over with. Because those matches never really pan out. They never ever work out because they don't let these guys do what they need to do and be monsters. And we were talking about it earlier. I think Big Show, as great as he is and as awesome as the career is, has kind of ruined it for the big guys after because who's Andre was great before because Andre was, you know, he was beyond human. He was, you know, the ninth wonder, eighth wonder of the world, and he was all these other things. Big Show was the Big Show, you know, and they brought him in WCW, the Son of the Giant, all this stuff. But he never had that mythos about him but he was a force yeah drop kicks off the top rope seven foot whatever you know and then just you know to the point where he at the end of his career he's still doing the ko punches and stuff but he did so much and it's like all these big guys coming after him well they they can't compare with him and you got guys like kane and taker doing big move things too none of them are none of these guys are comparing to these guys they got to find something different and they just keep doing choke slams and looking big yeah, and I have a feeling that's kind of what that match would be, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, uh, 
we're seeing a little bit better movement out of Omos, but we have not seen Commander Aziz wrestle at all. So I'd rather get the Godzilla King Kong match, do it, move on, because uh, Vince likes these bigger guys, but these are two bigger guys that seem to be in like a little. Um, yeah. He liked the so bigger much. guys in the 80s where these guys, yeah, they were juiced up, but they also had to wrestle a ton of yeah. matches so they could work. And as everyone gives Hogan crap and everything else, he worked when he had to, but he did what he needed to do to make sure he could wrestle long term. Just like a lot of these other guys, you know? Yeah. But all the big guys back then, even Yokozuna, they all had to wrestle a lot and had to learn hard. Yeah. You know, where these guys aren't learning as hard as they had to. There's not the sense of urgency and stuff. They're like in a program where it's like you're coached and taught, but you're not really failing and learning how hard it is to fail some of those. They're the modern-day giant Gonzalez, yeah. in my opinion, I mean, to be honest I think with you. the last generation of these guys to come through was like the Lesnar and Orton, Cena's, the Ohio Valley wrestling stuff yeah. with, with uh, Cornette, because they, they worked a lot under that kind of guidance and stuff. I mean, Shelton Benjamin was a part of that, too. Yeah. Those guys were you know bigger guys, Cena and uh, Brock especially. They wrestled hard. They hit hard. They looked good and could do the things. I mean, we've seen it. Lesnar, five moves of doom, or, or not sorry, Cena, five moves of doom. But when he fought AJ, that was wrestling matches. Those were great matches. He can do it when he needs to, but these other big guys, yeah, they no, don't. They can't. These two guys, they don't have it. No, they, I mean, I hope the best for Omos. I want to see more out of Omos, some better ring gear, especially. Yeah, but, um, not looking like he's bouncing at a club in New York City. Yeah, because that's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, uh, just remind me where that club is so I try to get on the list. Because if I'm not on the list, I'm not going to even try and look up at Omos type deal. Hurt your neck. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Even for me, that's a... That's a, that's a stretch. Yeah. That's a, that's a big stretch, man. Um, him, we had, him having a good match is a big stretch. Yeah, yeah, right? So we have Finn Balor beating uh, Austin Theory, who will be taking on Pat McAfee. I got to say... I love Austin Theory right now. He is so adorable. <laughs> it's just just the way he's acting and everything. You know, he's a protege, all this. He is just adorable. I, I, I hope he doesn't get his heart broken. I know he will, be, but he's just so fun to watch. Yeah, I think Austin Theory is uh, the son Vince McMahon never had. Yeah. That's why I got rid of one. Bring another one. <laughs> Although his other son is out there somewhere doing midget fighting or something like that. I'm just, little person fighting. I've seen that on YouTube. He's actually fighting other little people in a backyard somewhere. Boxing or something. I, I can't remember if it was like redneck boxing or something like that. It's like a legit fight thing. Oh, we're definitely talking about Hornswoggle, huh? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. I was like, wait a second here. His other son. His I, legitimate son. Yeah, I had to think back because it, it was either him or Sandman. That was very close, by the way. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Very too different, by the way. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know. So he actually wins by DQ because Damian Priest comes out and interferes. And yeah, and Priest is great. Love him. Didn't need him interfering in that match. Nah, th- that was something you could have just let Finn win clean. Why not deal. Priest come out at the end of the match and then beat up Finn or something? You yeah. Know? I mean, I guess you don't want Austin to lose clean, but Austin doesn't need to lose clean. He is Austin Theory, and right now he's awesome. Yeah. Awesome Austin. I like that. I like it, too. I like him. Next to Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory. That could work. And I loved how he took selfies when he was all done. Commemorate the moment. Capture it forever. Make those memories. You know. He's very good at that. It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, 
don't know, maybe like Tyler Breeze or something. Some guy used to do that with like a selfie stick. Yeah, but you see, Tyler was over the top. Austin is sincere. Austin, again, is adorable. Adorable, awesome Austin. Man, he's just got all sorts of nicknames on the Alliteration is the king yeah, of them, dude, man. It's, yeah, <laughs> wow. So um, we end the show with uh, some news from Kevin Owens. That whole lead-up between the interviews they had with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, that stuff was sloppier than a shit soup, all right? Just, it was... It was so I, bad, I wasn't even going to talk about it, but now we're going to. Yeah, because... <sighs> It makes you appreciate the better things they do because these horrible things are in there. Seth staring off into space. I love Seth, and I know, I understand. Wrenched at the gut. And then KO at the end. Obviously, KO's heart wasn't in the match earlier because he already had something else in his mind. You know, it's like Will Smith said. You know, he never had a plan B because that meant that plan A had to work. Kevin Owens, Canadian, probably plan B, C, D, A, whatever else, you know? (laughs) Whatever the Canadian alphabet does. That's... Entirely, it changes. It definitely changes. They're a little lazy on the vowels, I've noticed. Um, But it's just oh, I forgot. Canada also has Shane Coyzan, great spoken word poet. Love him. That's like three things Canada has. Ko could take a lesson out of Shane Coyzan and be a little more articulate, maybe you know a little more uh, finessed with his words. But like every other Canadian that comes on and out there spews trash. You know, and the American people have to clean up Canada's trash again and again and again. And then he calls out all these Texas heroes, you know, just just rips them in half. Calling out JBL, and I mean JBL isn't such a hero, but he's a successful American man. He's gone through a lot of phases in his life to be where he is. And yes, people call him a bully. I call him strong-willed, a little stubborn, all right? But hey, you know, you want to be tough in this life? Don't expect the guys that are being mean to be nicer. you got to be tougher. And then, you know, he goes after Booker T. That one hurt. Yeah, just a little. It's like, why go after Booker? You know, and then, oh, you were in a tag team called Harlem Heat. You were best friends with Chris Jericho. You were the best friends for how long? You're going to try to get sully someone else up for their grouping? Booker was trying to make it in a time when men of his representation needed to make it. And he did. He took that and went further than anyone else at the time did. I mean, he was WCW champion, what, two or three times before he came to, uh, no, four times before he came to the WWE. And a ten-time WCW tag team champion, most times in WCW, that is. Yeah, and I mean, he was awesome to watch. He had these great matches. He persevered and overcame. He was a king at one time. And Kevin said that, and they still have the queen on their currency. All right? King Booker! My brother and I, for the longest time, drank all our drinks with our pinky up because King Booker was there to remind us that we aren't some riffraff on the street, all right? We're a little better, a little a little more, uh, how do you say, je ne sais quoi, all right? We had that class. Kevin Owens, only class. He's like school in the summer, no class. Look at the way he dresses, this stupid haircut. You know, he's going bald, so he puts the front of it up to make himself look like he's not going bald. He's dressed like I was in high school. Yeah. In gym. Yeah, he wants to be a tough guy, but he comes out there wanting to get a WrestleMania match. You know, upset that he, you know, has to call out these. He calls out all these guys who've been there, who have the glory. He's talking about Shawn Michaels. And, you know, I get it. You're a Bret Hart fan. You don't want to. You obviously don't want Shawn Michaels in the ring because you know what happens to you Canadians when Shawn Michaels in the ring? You get burnt hard, physical. You know, when Shawn Michaels is in the ring against Canadian, you might as well just wave the white flag because the Canadian's going to lose. 
It happens all the time. And there's big conspiracies about it. Shawn Michaels wins clean every time I've seen him wrestle Canadian. Every time. I've never seen Shawn Michaels lose a Canadian fair and square ever. I know there's a lot of conspiracies out there. People are going to say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I know in my heart of hearts <laughs> that Shawn Michaels in the ring of Canadian doesn't lose clean. If Shawn Michaels loses to a Canadian, there's some chicanery going about. That's a Canadian word because Canadians have words for like things like chicanery. All right? Shawn Michaels should have been out there, but obviously Owens doesn't want that. He understands that. He's afraid of that, so he backs off. I don't want to be in the ring with you. That's a coward's approach right there. And coward begins with a C, and guess what else begins with a C? Canadian. And so does a conspiracy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Canadians are full of conspiracies. You know, they, they like to blame everyone else for their own shortcomings. Fine. But then he gets to the meat of the potato the meat and potatoes here. He calls out the one. Well, the redneck, past his prime, knee braces, you know, a shell of a man. I've listened to that podcast. I've seen him out there. He's not a shell of a man. He's still, in his pinky, more man than Kevin Owens will ever be. And Kevin Owens was talking about pouring milk on him. Why are you bringing up an American hero when you're trying to bash America, Kevin Owens? That milk, I don't know where that came from. That sounds like an angle thing to me. Yeah, and, and why use milk? Uh, we all know that that rattlesnake likes his beer. Yeah. If you're going to be Canadian and dump anything on him, it's maple syrup, you ditwit. Yeah. What are you thinking? Obviously, he's not thinking. No. Well, you know, the slower thinking process in Canada because they eat a lot of maple syrup. It's really heavy. Things move slower. Just like Kevin Owens. And Canadian bacon. So he calls out Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I, we've all heard this was going to happen. We all expected a match. Yeah. Because at first he said match. He wants a WrestleMania match. Yeah. And then in the thing, in his little promo, then he had to switch it to, on my show, on the KO yeah. show. Again, this is KO being a coward. Because he doesn't want to actually have a match against Austin. Because he knows Austin, it's like a lot like Rocky, all right? Austin's fought monsters, giants. He's been to the mountaintop. He's taken on all comers. Guys like The Rock, Taker, Kane. I mean, he's fought them all. The biggest of the big, the best of the best. KO, you've been around. You got some scraps off some people's table. You didn't fight those monsters. You didn't have these headlining matches, big name marquee stuff. You got the guys that were left over. The guys that were clinging on to the, the coattails of these giants. That's all you want with Austin, is a taste of that glory. You say that he's living off past glory. You're trying to make a name off of his glory. I don't like it. I think it's disingenuous. And if you had any, you'd go talk to your boy Seth Rollins. He'd tell you a little bit about glory, a little bit about what really makes you a headliner, a superstar, a main eventer. A multi-time world champion. Yeah. And you, here you are getting duped by your friends on their friends list. Tisk, tisk. Tisk. And that's all I remember him for, really. KO's done a lot of things. He was a good United States champion. Oh, no, it wasn't a United States champion, was he? Kevin? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. See? He's he was some of his reigns, yeah. He actually roasted me six years ago on Twitter. It was in the middle of a storyline between him and the Big Show, actually. He had cost the Big Show um, a match on Friday Night SmackDown. And then on Monday Night Raw, because, you know, Friday to Monday, uh, Big Show got him back. So I tweeted at him, and I was like, uh, hey, Kevin, karma sucks, huh, bud? Something along those lines, and he, he tweets back, because uh, karma at the time had, like, left the company and everything uh, after, like, a little stint. 
And he goes, no, you idiot. Karma's been gone for years. <laughs> and I was like, okay, touche. That was a good one. It was, it was, it was. Well, it was obviously Canadian, not understanding the English language like they're supposed to, because there's too much French involved in there. Yeah. I also spelt it karma as in like the karma that you receive, and he spelt it karma the wrestler. So uh, obviously there was some clear confusion there on that one. Confusion starts with a C, and what else starts with a C? Canadian. Man. I hope he takes umbrage with it. He seems like the kind of guy who can't stand a verbal barb. That's why he's out there punching and kicking and yelling and screaming, because he can't take a verbal barb. He's not strong enough. He doesn't have thick enough skin for some of these people to talk bad about him. Oh, he can play whatever game he wants, and I'm not going to give him the time of day. You can't stop it, bud. All you can do is hit your mute button and hide behind your little social network and make sure no one gets in there to hurt your feelings. Because that's all it is, is hurt feelings. And I would say this is how Raw ended. But they put a graphic up of uh, Kevin Owens with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the background WrestleMania with a question mark. And of course they had the glass break with Stone Cold's music hit, (sighs) which... We thought we were going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come out, and uh, damn. They didn't do it. They they hit the music. Ever You hear the crowd pop. We pop. Yes. It was like, Austin's there? This is great. Didn't expect it. Nothing. Nothing. A little disappointing, but uh, uh, the, the announcement of it not being a match and it just being the KO show is also a little uh, disappointing as well, but that is for another time. Yeah, and guess what, Kale? I got a little word of advice for you, bud. You wanted this monkey, now you can comb its hair. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can follow us on TikTok, perched on the top rope. We have the classic Selena scenes that we have been making involving great historic wrestling moments. And if you want to see the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog, that's on there too. You can also find us on Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Instagram, Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. Speaking of podcasts, obviously you're listening to this right now. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle and anywhere podcasts can be found, ladies and gentlemen. Always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. And we are.